Opportunity and risk. Risk and opportunity. Janice-like sides of the same coin. Of course, the greater the opportunity, the greater the risk. In a medical practice sense, physicians are surrounded by risk. But many physicians are oblivious or even adverse to the risk-reward duality in a business sense as it impacts their medical group. In the group business context, success, that is, opportunity, is associated with the income side of the equation, increasing realized income per procedure, increasing the number of well-reimbursed procedures, and increasing the amount of hospital stipend dollars received. Groups are generally less impacted by the risk or expense side of the equation. But note the word generally, because it fails to take into account the enormity of the impact on the group of an adverse event, an essential step in risk analysis. It's a mistake to assume that the probability of an event is the same as its risk. Both the probability of an event and the severity of its potential impact must be estimated to properly assess risk. For example, returning for a moment to the medical practice as opposed to business context, even though one might believe that a malpractice claim is a rare occurrence, the enormity of a potential adverse award drives most physicians to carry malpractice insurance. Business side risk is inherent in any medical group. It exists within the group itself as well as from outside sources. And it's a fallacy to believe that business risk can be avoided. It can only be managed. Let's look at several examples of medical group business risk and the ways that it can be managed. Your group services are no longer needed. Despite the fact that your group has been providing services pursuant to an exclusive contract at St. Mark's Community Hospital for years, the hospital CEO has been seen giving a guided tour of the facility to the leader of a competing group. The next thing you know, the CEO is mumbling about sending out an RFP instead of simply starting the usual contract renewal negotiations. You may have believed that the probability of non-renewal is low, but if the result is the mooting of your group's existence and the need for each of your group members to find new positions and possibly sell their homes and find new schools for their children, the cost could be extremely high. What proactive steps has your group taken over the course of years to maximize referring physician support, to provide a level of service that can't be duplicated, to burrow yourself so deeply within the hospital's operation that replacing your group would wreak havoc on the core operation of the hospital? What steps has your group taken to assure that it has an existence beyond simply providing services at St. Mark's? If the answer is nothing, what alternatives do your group's members have in the event that the contract with St. Mark's is not renewed? Note also that these latter steps apply in two other risk-related situations, the risk of St. Mark's closure and the risk that St. Mark's imposes a staff model solution in which your group's physicians are not invited or do not wish to participate. I deserve to be a partner. Dr. Smith has been providing services through your group for five years as a subcontracted physician. He's done all assigned cases, has never caused any trouble, and is regarded as a highly competent physician. 
Your group has been in existence for 15 years. You and each of your partners devote substantial time to administrative duties in addition to full caseloads. Each has invested significant sums in the group in order to get it through past cash flow crises. Dr. Smith announces that he deserves to be a partner and should be admitted to the partnership without any, or perhaps only a token, buy-in. He either does not understand or purposefully ignores the business risk that you and your partners took in forming the group and continue to take in respect of its operation. On the other hand, the group's organizational documents do nothing to contain any partnership protection language. To the contrary, Dr. Smith asserts that the language of his subcontract makes him the owner of his own independent practice and claims that his accounts receivable are indeed his and that he will take them if he is not made a partner. Has your group coordinated its organizational documents and its agreements with employed and subcontracted physicians to minimize this risk? That deal is my own deal. Dr. Jones is a shareholder in your group. For the past several years, she's been scheduled by the group to cover a slot at a facility in a neighboring town that generates significant collections for the group. Jones now announces that she's leaving your group and that she will be covering that facility for her own account. What steps has your group taken to control or prohibit competition? If covenants not to compete are enforceable in your state, have you utilized them? If they are not, have you implemented covenant not to compete proxy techniques in your group's agreements to dissuade competition? You've mismanaged the group, so give me my 500000 As the senior partner of your group, you've been in charge of its business operations for many years. And despite the growing Medicaid and Medicare populations in your main facility service area, You've been able to expand the group's business to other facilities and have advanced the group members' compensation. Nevertheless, two of your partners claim that you have mismanaged the group. Had you managed it properly, they say, the group's profits would have been significantly higher and those profits would have increased partner distributions. They sue. Your group has obtained malpractice coverage for each of its doctors, has purchased entity coverage from your carrier in respect of claims against the group itself, and has even purchased general liability coverage insuring the group against third-party property damage and bodily injury claims. But has your group obtained directors and officers, known in the industry as DNO, coverage? DNO insurance protects directors and officers, and in the context of a partnership, it's managing members from liability arising from actions connected to those positions. Different forms of DNO exist to expand coverage beyond its basic level. For example, some DNO policies provide employment practices liability coverage, protecting against employment related claims such as wrongful termination and sexual harassment. And has your group placed limitations on liability, forum selection provisions, and potentially arbitration provisions in its partnership or shareholders' agreements? and agreements with employed or subcontracted personnel. Wrapping it all up. Risk can't be avoided as it goes hand-in-hand with opportunity. Although risk can never be eliminated, it can be managed. Successfully managing risk requires that you take a proactive approach. Although some elements of risk can be managed after the event, 
you're strongly advised to engage in the proper strategizing and implementation far in advance. Thank you.